Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. Happy August. August is an important month for the nonprofit organization Pride and Less Prejudice. This is the time of year where they announce the books that they will be sharing with classrooms. If you are not familiar with the nonprofit organization Pride and Less Prejudice, please, please head over to the show notes, click the link to learn all about the amazing, important work they do and ways that you can reach out to support them. If you like listening to this show, there's another podcast that you might also want to explore. It's one of my must-listen shows. It is If These Ovaries Could Talk. So before we dig into this week's episode, join me in learning a little bit more about the amazing podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk. Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm E. And we are the hosts of the podcast, If These Ovaries Could Talk, the Queer Families Podcast. We interview folks about how they made their LGBTQ families in a world designed for straight folks. We sure do. Our mission is to highlight, uplift, and normalize our beautiful families so everyone out there can see that we are just like them. Yes, just like them. Trying to get our kids to brush their teeth. Or go to bed. Or eat their dinner. Or put on deodorant. Or put their clothes, do anything. Mm. Do anything. Why don't they listen they to just us? Don't they listen. don't listen. I wish they listen. listen. Well, new episodes are dropped every Monday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I am a lesbian. Black, queer, human being. We are two gay dads. I am a transgender man. Trans woman. Bisexual, non-binary, single parent by choice. Can I ever have nice things? I just want nice things. <laughs> he just got fit up on <laughs> to learn more about that podcast head on over to the show notes over there in the show notes you are also going to be able to find loads of links to learn more about today's guest Talene Vascuni. Talene is the author of the soon-to-be-published book, Sorry Bro. It was an absolute joy and privilege to speak with Talene about her process and about the ways in which this book is absolutely groundbreaking. It is available for pre-order now, and again, you'll find links to learn more about that book, Sorry Bro, in the show notes. So I also want to say, Trisha, thank you seriously so much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so I'm Talene Voscuni, and I'm a writer living in San Francisco. And my debut book is a queer Armenian rom-com called Sorry Bro. And I'm really, really excited to get to talk about that book. Sorry, bro. I'm, I'm actually hoping we can start off by asking you to expand a little bit um, about what you said was the inspiration for that book. So Talene, bear with me. I'm going to quote you back to you for a moment. You've said, quote, there are so few books on the Armenian diaspora experience, very few lighthearted ones, and even fewer LGBTQIA stories. Armenians deserve joyous stories, queer Armenians even more so. I wanted to give visibility to the forgotten people within a forgotten people and give them a happy ending, end quote. Um, I'm hoping, again, you might just talk a little bit more about the ways in which that inspiration came to you and perhaps how it also shows up in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to to talk about the inspiration, I want to talk just very quickly about the Armenian, you know, like a 
canon of literature. And so it, most of it, and what I've read, I'm not a scholar in the area, but I've read, you know, a decent amount of books written by Armenians. You know, they're quite serious um, and sad. And it makes sense that, you know, history of the Armenian people is filled with tragedy and unrequited recognition. So there was the Armenian genocide in 1915 at the hands of the Ottoman Turks, and it's still unrecognized in Turkey. And in fact, it's a crime to speak about it in Turkey. And in the US, it was actually only just recognized last year, I believe, by President um, Biden. And before then, presidents, when they became sitting presidents, could not say the word genocide because of America's ties and reliance on Turkey. Um, so it, so when I say unrequited, it really is even in the US. Um, so there is, if you will, like a lot to be sad about, and there's a lot to unpack still. So it makes sense, you know, there are other writers out there, very sophisticated authors doing really brilliant work in the realm of more serious Armenian writing. But I didn't feel like it was for me, I, I don't feel like I'm a scholar in this area. And there's just something I want to, I want to bring like a lightness to um, our, our culture and our, our people. I felt like it's something that wasn't talked about as much. I've seen it in some Armenian romantic comedy movies, like films, but not in books very much, um, if, if I may say at all, actually. So I didn't even think that I could write about my Armenian experience until recently, um, which is funny, you know, I've been living it my whole life, but it didn't dawn on me until 2020. Um, in the, I wrote Sorry Bro in the summer and fall of 2020. And the first spark of Sorry Bro came to me like a few months before that, when I was just sitting on the train on the way to work pre-pandemic um, hearing the voices of these two women talking to each other and one was saying something like can't we have just one conversation with Armenians without bringing up the Armenian genocide and the other woman like kind of gently and curiously correcting her because yeah sorry Brahm is sorry bro is a rom-com but I still wrote this book with the Armenian genocide recognition subplot. I couldn't write it without it. Like the two were too tied together. So it is funny. It is humorous, but it still has that. So Nar's journey, like embracing her Armenianness, actually kind of parallels mine as, as a writer too, where, you know, I've rejected parts of my Armenianness for too long or just like refused to see it and then really embraced it. And um, so fully that I wrote a book, a book about it and it worked out. And in terms of the happiness and the queerness, you know, I wanted it happy. I wanted it queer. There aren't that many happy Armenian stories and it feels almost subversive and like different to give Armenians a happy ending, especially for queerness. Like it's still in a way taboo in our culture to talk about it openly, less so now, but still, I mean, oh, the only, it hurts my heart, but the only kind of negative comment I got on my cover reveal and I got so many wonderful sweet comments was from an Armenian man <laughs> you know just like saying something ignorant about queer women it wasn't super hateful it was just sort of ignorant come on you know so I wanted to take away that pain in this book and show that we can have happy endings too for for queer Armenians so that's that's uh how I, I came to write this book Thank you for for sharing that that sort of you know behind the scenes inspiration origin story. Each mm -hmm. chapter of the book opens with an Armenian proverb, and I'm really curious to learn a little bit more about the writing process there. Might you just talk about you know a few of the proverbs you selected and paired with chapters, and 
um, you know, did you start with knowing what the proverb was or was that an after? Yeah, I, I so I first got the idea of the proverbs from Nancy Krikorian, who's an Armenian author, and she started posting these proverbs on Twitter and I was so taken by them. I actually hadn't heard most or all of them ever before, but I just felt like, oh, here's this piece of our culture. And um, I, I I don't know how I got the idea for it, but I, I thought like, oh, I had to, I, I love when chapters open with a quote or, or a piece of something. So I thought, oh my God, it's perfect. I'm going to do it for the, for the Proverbs. Um, so I started, I actually wrote the book first then added the proverbs so nancy also pointed me in the direction of a book of a collection of proverbs so i highlighted all the ones i thought could work i typed them out and then i went back and paired them and somewhere um oh the one of the first ones i saw was um a good girl is worth seven boys which just made me laugh so hard like i can't believe it's when they are meaning quotes at proverbs i love it um i knew i had to be the opening <laughs> to this book and actually, my mentor, uh, Jesse Q. Sutanto, who wrote Dial A for Aunties, said that as soon as she read that quote, she already fell in love with the book. So I think it was a good choice to have that open and set the tone. Um, so the quotes are there. The proverbs are pretty traditional, but some are kind of funny. Like, I like him as much as I like the smoke in my eyes. Um, that was fun to pair with the chapter with um, when her work situation is not going so well. Um, and some I also want to include, like, I don't personally agree with, but they fit the Armenian community, like mindset, more traditional mindset, like speech is silver, silence is golden, or who is preferably heard, uh, the rich and the handsome. So, you know, but honestly, they were so easy to pair with the chapters. I was surprised, like I had many, many extra that could have worked. So, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I just I I I also really like when when books do that. So it was interesting for me. A little bit of again additional learning about Armenian culture. Um, Talene, in an interview published on AZ Archives, which I will link to in the show notes, you said that when you were writing this book, your intended first reader was your sister. Um, in a few months, when you know this book is available right now, listeners for pre-order, and we know that pre-ordering books is a great way to support authors. It's really important if you can do it, or again, remind your librarian to make sure they've got plenty of copies um, ready. Uh, so, when the book is finally in the hands of many, many readers, what are some of the questions that you hope that your readers may leave your book with? Mm, yeah, I mean. Well, first, it's just kind of a terrifying prospect having an audience of strangers read my work. It's thrilling, but also terrifying. Um, so I, I do hope at the end of it, I will have sparked some curiosity about the Armenian American experience and some interest in like basic Armenian history. I, I do know that many people don't know about the Armenian genocide or don't know much about it. So it really is one of my deep goals with this book to share that with the wider public. And especially the fact that it is still relevant today, which Nada, the protagonist, learns throughout the book, that it's not just something in the past, that it still has repercussions today. So, I mean, even if some readers do a basic Google search about Armenian history after reading this book, I'll be pleased. But it would be nice for readers to wonder, like, why they haven't heard about or heard much about the Armenian genocide, because there are definitely some interesting answers there. 
Um, and I, I think I would also love readers to think about, you know, why I decided to write a coming out story when it feels like, you know, we often hear, and for good reason, I'll, I'll talk about this, that the queer community, you know, doesn't want these coming out stories anymore. And because I do believe the sentiment that we're so much more than a coming out story, I 100% believe that. Um, but I do think that there are still communities that haven't had their voices heard here, that coming out is still a huge deal and hasn't been examined yet and needs to be examined. So I would I would love readers to think about that too and maybe what other communities still need their voices heard in this area. Absolutely. Um, and again, I it'll be really interesting to see the conversation that comes out once the, the book is available. This past July, we did get, you know, again, a little bit of a, a hint or a clue about what the book might be about when your cover reveal was shared. And I know you've referred to your book as a, quote, love letter to the di diaspora community. The cover is stunning. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. I'm wondering, as the author, when you look at the book cover, what really resonates with you? Or, you know, can you point out a detail on the cover art that kind of matches your vision and hopes for the book? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, thank you. I'm so, I'm truly overjoyed with my cover. I can't believe I get to have this beautiful cover forever. It's mine. Um, and the Armenian elements were so important to me. So, you know, the first element that the artist sketched out was the pomegranate garland. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I just loved it so much. Pomegranates are a really important symbol for Armenians of like fertility and abundance. And um, Armenians have them all over their homes. I'm in my parents' home right now. And I know that they have pomegranates just sticking out here and there, like um, a stat like statues of them. Um, so any diaspora Armenian home you go into, it may most likely have pomegranates and may have a lot of them too. Um, so that, that just feels very Armenian American to me, um, and Armenian Armenian too. And so also on the cover, there's Armenian coffee called Surj and, uh, Surj is, uh, like such a part of like the culture, the tradition. I just have memories of, you know, going to family, friends, houses, and then pouring it for us or helping serve it. And it just is, um, it feels it feels like home to me and so when they first made the cover they uh they said they weren't sure they were going to be able to get the coffee cups on there and i was really bummed and i i kind of pressed like oh can we can we please because there's sort of a seminal scene in the book involving armenian coffee and they did it and it just works so well it makes it feel so much more armenian i think having seen the little coffee cups there and the jezve which is the coffee pot um so that's that's amazing. And not to mention, there are two Armenian women on the cover, which is so cool. Um, so that just it, it feels very different and new to, to like really visually see all this on the on the cover of, of a book, especially it, like a commercial book. Yeah. And it really, you know, it's funny. I feel like I've seen people on social media like joking about how for the past few years, there's, there's been this trend in cover art to just have like blobs of, of color. Um, <laughs> and in a way, you know, your, your cover is so refreshing. It is this, this piece of art. So um, again, I'm glad to hear that you like it too, because I, I, I guess sometimes authors don't necessarily have a lot of autonomy. So it's really great to hear that you also really like it. Talene, I have a lot of listeners who are librarians and they are always wondering whenever an author comes on the show, whether or not you do any kind of, you know, virtual talks with schools or if there are ways in which you connect with students. Um, if there are, can you let us know what the best way is to reach out to you or your publisher? 
Oh, yes, I would absolutely love, love to do that. So um, the best way to reach out to me is probably by by email. And uh, we can include that, but I'll also just mention it's tallinvoscuni at gmail.com because I am the only Tallinn Voscuni. So pretty easy to, <laughs> to find me over the internet. Um, and I would be very happy to, to, to chat. Great. And again, we'll make sure in the show notes, uh, we have the link to your site. We've got the link to pre-order the book uh, and to, um, you know, again, the, the links that I refer to in the show. Talene, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your upcoming book. Sorry, bro. I really look forward to um, the conversation that starts as a result of all of your hard work and creativity. Congratulations again on the new book. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to speak with you. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please do leave a rating. Please consider leaving a review as well. It helps so much when generous listeners like you do that. If you are also interested in continuing to add to your to-be-read shelf, watch out for an upcoming episode with the author, Kaysen Callender. That's coming up soon, so be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of the work I do with AllyEd.org. If you are in K-12 education and you are passionate about ways that we can work together to make schools more LGBTQ plus inclusive, head over to AllyEd.org. That's A-L-L-Y-E-D.org.